Now, my champion, rest well this night. For tomorrow you sail for the kingdom of Daggerfall. So let me get this straight. I sent you out to pick up the mail, and you were gone for a week. What happened? Okay, okay. Well, you see, I saw this nickel on the ground, and it had the name of a guy three hours away written on it. And his house was an abandoned graveyard with attack dogs. And then ugly rats wanted me to buck up their spirits by enlisting Dr. Phil, who's pretty hard to reach. Plus, getting to the mailbox is really hard this time of year. Poisonous things live in there, and our mail is written in bad Latin. And the key only works when we use voodoo on its maker. And the envelopes won't open if we use the right explosives, either. I am not letting you buy groceries anytime soon. Now, a podcast so grand. Whoa! So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No, no way. way! Yes, way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Minky. It's a gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 156, Arena of the Elders. And as that very long drawn introduction mentioned, I'm Phil Willis. This is Mike Minky. Hey. Uh, hi, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why my finger was bleeding earlier tonight and it stopped now, but at least that, you know, usually these things hurt or something and I can't explain it. And the lady at the check stand gave me a paper towel to try and mop up the blood because it was coming out quite impressively there. Yeah, that's how I'm doing tonight. How's everybody else? Oh, well, you know what can make your finger bleed or at least give you carpal tunnel? How's that for a segue? I'll take it. All right, switching around your mouths when you're trying to attack people in Elder Scrolls games, which is what we're talking about tonight with our good friend, Mr. Scott Wakamator. You know, I swear, if Fallout 2 had taken place in Alaska, you'd be fighting ir- irradiated polar bears in Fallout 4. 
awesome. Hey, that would be cool. Now, see, that would be a different setting. The furthest the map went up to was, uh, like, Washington area, I think. Kind of hard to tell. Yeah, why don't they explore, like, other settings filled with radioactivity? They would, but there'd still be rad scorpions in them. Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. Apparently, if you know Boston, then Fallout 4 is wonderful. Except there's still rad scorpions in it. (laughs) Well, obviously scorpions would just... These rad scorpions are just able to move up north and camp out in the in the New England area. I I don't know. Okay. They, follow, just, they follow the super mutants across the continent in the great super mutant migration away from the single destroyed lab that created all of them. Wait a minute. I'm getting feeling that we're getting off a of track here. Wait, wait, We're wait, totally wait. on track. We're talking about how Bethesda is incapable of learning from other games. Yeah, other games. That is exactly the topic. Like like Elder Scrolls other games. Yay. Hmm. Ooh boy. So let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some older Elder Scrolls games today. Who needs the fancy Skyrim and stuff when we got games like Arena and Daggerfall and Battlespire? We got it all covered tonight, boys and girls. So we're gonna take a little teeny tiny break, and I'm gonna get some more vodka because that's really the only way to enjoy any of these games. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, and this is the main event where we take a game or a series of game, or in this case, part of a series of games, and we tear into them in their rich and ju- just like these, just like these cashew nuts. I just break them open to get the juicy goodness inside. And I learned uh, today that one of my new coworkers doesn't like cashews on pizza, and that just uh, that that feels weird to me. You don't like cashews on pizza? Are they not Thai? Yeah, what's, no. what's wrong with people? Anyway, I don't know. You know what? You should be you should be able to do whatever you want with your pizza. If only pizza was was as open ended as Elder Scrolls games. Another great segue. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Elder Scrolls Arena, developed and published by Bethesda. This was uh, released on MS DOS in North America on March twenty fifth, nineteen ninety four. A single player. Open-ended action RPG experience. And this, man, this was so massive, it came on a CD-ROM. I mean, you gotta understand, back then, I was still using floppy disk. 
Seriously, I remember 1994. And, and were you using the five and a quarter or the three and a half floppy? Disk? I was on the three and a half. In fact, I was up to the double density three and a quarters by that time, which were 1.44 megabytes each. So, right, right. Yeah. You know how many how many CD or how many for those discs it took for one to, to fit on the one C or CD. Anyways, yeah, lots. How many 1.44 megabyte floppies fit onto one CD-ROM? Yeah. Do we really do want to do that math right now? I think it was a CD-ROM was three, wasn't it 360 unless it was double density or double sided or something? It was 720. Uh, I should mention that this game did come out on floppy disks. Oh, did it? it? Did. How many floppies? <coughs> Probably a probably a stack of about ten of them. <laughs> stack of floppies. Oh my! I want to say that the, the, this is old enough that I think it the first they, this was a game distributed as freeware. Remember those days? Well, you could just throw you, your game into the wind and see what happened. See if they'd mail you money. Oh jeez. Well, I know you can get I don't Arena. Think that amount of trust is still out there in anyone. <laughs> I think you can download this one now. That's freeware from Bethesda or something, can't you? Yeah, it, it's free again now. All it's of a free sudden. again. However, um, I, I would point out that if you get the GOG version, at least you know they've got it running for a fact in Windows, you know, eight ten whatever. I don't, I don't know if you get the Bethesda one if it isn't the straight up MS DOS version. Yeah, the the one Bethesda gave away eleven years ago. You do need to run a DOS emulator to get it up to get it going. Nice. So uh, uh, let's dive into the. Am I on mute? No, I'm not. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes and the storyline of Elder Scrolls Arena. Uh, so the story Scott. goes. Scott. Yeah, Scott. Uriel Septim the Seventh, or Fourth, depending on which screen you're reading, has been trapped in another dimension by uh, his um, chief advisor, Imperial Battle Mage Jagar Tharn, or Jagor Thorn depending on which screen you're reading, in an attempt to assert the throne. Um, and uh, your his uh, bad battle mage's apprentice is killed, and her ghost gives you some random nobody schmuck guy um, instructions as to how to track down the multi-part MacGuffin to uh, defeat Tharn or Thorn and save the Emperor or the Emperor. That, it, that definitely sounds like a complicated narrative. It, it was pretty straightforward. Uh, the thing to remember is that uh, this, this game procedurally generated damn near everything. So you'd get quest objectives in towns. Like, there there was kind of one town, but it, they repeated it 7,000 times, and it had different names. <laughs> well, it was 94. It was more expensive to program individual towns. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just it. It's this sort of hope, this endlessly repeating, slightly different, generic medieval Britain that you're hunting down pieces of a thing to stop an evil wizard. Well, you say medieval Britain, and I'm thinking a little of Britannia, but I somehow doubt that's applicable. Well, I mean, evil wizard kidnaps the unstoppable emperor guy. <laughs> is 300 years old or not, depending on which screen you're reading in which game. Uh, is this just different versions, or did they seriously not pay that much attention to which I'm, what technology? Literally, they didn't proof their stuff. You would be playing in one playthrough, you will see to, to his uh, his Patrick Stewart-liness uh, referred to as both the 4th and 7th. Wow. I, I 
don't have anything else to say about that. I'm just astonished. Wow. It's... And I mean, are, these, okay. are, these Roman, are these Roman or Arabic numerals? Roman numerals. Okay. And, yeah, the, the, and this is it. You, you create your character, you wander around the same-ish town looking for dungeons nearby to find bits of thing, whatever the thing you need is. It half the stuff in the backstory. There's tons of backstory that's just pulled from the designer's um, D&D game. Is it in and, the manual or is it in text in the game? Uh, both. Okay. And I'm trying to remember what else. Oh, this this game had just completely gratuitous boobs all over the place because well, oh, yeah. some guy some guy some guy on the team's D and D game, so gratuitous boobs. Yeah. Nice pixelated boobs circa ninety four. Yeah. Wow, those will get you off. I was watching yeah. a let's play of that and uh sure enough he ran into some Naga or something like that with Harpy or something with boobs flashing. But I wouldn't call them like round, it was more like square. Yeah, they 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 are gratuitous rectangular boobs. Yeah. In fact they're so they're so distorted due to the low pixel count that uh, people have no problem publishing them on the internet without any restrictions. Yeah, like, you, you can't censor that. It's already the pixel mosaic version of boob. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If only the Senate hearings had seen this instead of Night Trap. Think how much more incensed they would have been. Oh, God. See, I'm, and I'm trying to put myself in sort of a 1994 headspace for this game, and... I don't know. You click the things, they die, or you, or more likely, they don't die, and then you die, and it takes you 30 tries to get out of the first dungeon. Well, that's that's replay value. You're going to be spending a long time with this game. Okay. How, well, how, how many times did it take you just to get out of the first dungeon there, Scott? Uh, me? Yeah. When I attempted it. Uh-huh. Nine. 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 <laughs> I, he was like counting Ow. on his fingers. Dang. I'm trying to remember. It's sort of like okay. After about death five, I realized I was not cut out to be a wizard. <laughs> oh my goodness. And switching to different characters only kind of helped. I think I made it through as uh, some sort of weird thiefy guy on more on dumb luck than anything else. Yeah. I mean, let's, I watched a couple of Let's Plays and uh, picked up on a few things. And one one thing I learned really quickly is that Arena is not forgiving and it's not kind of wizards. Yeah, that, that's, that's this is pretty much it. Is the game is really hard and it's not... The only thing that I found rem- memorable about it was that it was hard. And this came out the exact same year as Final Fantasy VI. So if you're looking for a comparison, there we go. Or hell, it came out the same year as System Shock. Yeah, but System Shock was was just unplayable now. Like you can you can play Arena right now. You just click things and they fall over. You 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 shouldn't play the original release of System Shock. Ken Ralston. That's that's really nice to know after I already did it earlier this year. (laughs) I told I told you no, don't do it. You asked me should I try it? And I said, no, sir, you should not try it. You did say it. I cannot deny this. I, um, you know what? I actually don't look back on it that poorly now because of certain things I have played more recently, but, um, that does not bespeak any necessary quality of System Shock, except that it is less painful than Idea Factory, and wow, what a compliment I'm paying it. Anyway. This, this was also, um, the only, this was the first thing, uh, Todd Howard worked on 
he was QA on the CD-ROM version. And what differentiates the CD-ROM version from the floppy version, aside from, I'm going to guess, voice acting? Maybe. Yeah, I think it was it was voice acting, and I think it supported a couple of slightly better monitor resolutions. <laughs> so you get 240 instead of 160. <laughs> I think, I, you know, may, maybe even, dare I say, 320. Ooh. And, of course, if you get it from GOG now, that's the resolution you're going to be seeing it in. Yeah, you're going to be seeing it in... Full, full something. Hey, yeah, hey, something. hey, check it out. If you buy, uh, if you buy uh, Morrowind, uh, which is well, granted, it's overpriced at twenty bucks, but it is a really good game. So maybe, anyways, it comes with all the expansions. But if you get Morrowind on GOG, you get uh, you get Arena and Daggerfall for free. There you go. Everyone's jumping out of their chair. They're rushing to get that one. You you do that. Uh, I think I got it. If you wait for a Gox, I think I got it for like six or seven bucks. I wasn't going to pay 20 bucks for something I've already bought like three other times someplace else. But I wanted the DRMV version of Marwind. Anywho, um, that's another topic. So really tough, really hard if you have a little patience. Well, let's see. Aside from being a wizard, what are your other class options? Hey. The, the standard ones? Check it out. This was, <gasps> this was Demon Souls before Demon Souls was even a thing. No, see, Demon Souls... It's actually kind of fair. Yeah. I understand in Demon Souls, when you die, you are allowed to go back and pick up your progress, sort of. I don't think you're allowed to do that in Arena. Something tells In Arena, you, you just click on the rats, and maybe you hit the rats, and maybe when you hit the rats, they actually stop moving. But most of the time, the rats eat your face. Yeah. Yeah, I think Demon Souls also sends you against things that are mm, at least visually more dangerous than rats, but that could just be. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. It's always rats. Yeah. Yeah, rats are some, something else in a sewer, because it usually starts in a sewer or something like that. Hey, hey, it was it was registering your hits. It was just rolling dice, and it registered misses. That's all. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's all underneath the hood. Yeah. You know, um... Yeah, I think I had that problem with with Daggerfall, really. But I guess we'll wait till we get to that. Um, well, Daggerfall at least give you a little more feedback. I think. Uh, there, okay, yeah. This this is uh, much like uh, a lot of the early Other Scrolls games. There's like a huge stack of classes, which are slightly different. Where you you have like four. You you've got you know five flavors of thief and. Four flavors of mage and all manner of warriors. Yay! Because y- you can easily tell the difference between all of them if you just spend a hun- couple hundred hours playing the game so that you know it in and out, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of a lot to ask nowadays. Well, and it had those uh, uh, you know questions it would ask you, right? Kind of an Elder Scrolls staple where another, another way to pick your class was to answer a bunch of questions. And then it would they pick- didn't really. They didn't really do that one in in arena. It was just kind of do your thing. That's not what the wiki says. Maybe I just ignored those questions. I always ignored the questions. <laughs> just clicked through and picked whatever I actually wanted. I always. Uh, I I just never been yeah big fan of those uh, those questions and stuff. Uh, shoot, I I didn't play this one much. So actually, I didn't play it at all. 
What were you doing in 94, Phil? God. I was playing Final Fantasy VI. Thank you very much. <laughs> I had a much I had a much easier time, and I enjoyed my life a lot more as a result. Shoot, I was actually able to get through that one without an FAQ. We didn't have FAQs back then. You bought the guides for lots of money. Of course, you, know people, you looked in game magazines. Some people, you phoned the hotline. That's right, for only $1.49 a minute. Right. So. Yeah. Good old 900 numbers. Good old 900. Uh, okay. Well, it, it is really... I, I, I don't know about... Uh, what do you think, uh, Scott? What do you think? Would you recommend Arena to a retro gamer? Every Elder Scrolls game is the worst Elder Scrolls game, but Arena might be the worst worstest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was stressing out just watching the guy play it, and 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 he kind of knew, sort of knew he what he was doing. Uh, it, it's just nah, just uh, just a really really rough rough game. It uh, just kind of kind of shows. Uh, but if you're dying to <clears throat> if you're dying to go back and see the roots of the series, uh, by all means. Uh, Give it a shot, but uh, uh, it's there on GOG. It's there on. Check it out. Or, or if you're really great with DOS, uh, MS DOS box or whatever, uh, you can grab it for free. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's you a... have been warned. Huh? Hey, what if I what if I try to buy Arita by itself on GOG? No results found. No, you just have to buy it. <laughs> they won't sell it separately. You have, to buy, you have to buy the good one. You have to buy the good one, and then you get the crappy one for free thrown in. Uh, though I think it will let you buy Red Guard and um, Battlespire separately. Go figure. Well, because those aren't free. That's right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because you just get Daggerfall for free, which you cannot buy separately. So let's let's move on to Dagger. Let me make double sure. Nope, can't buy it separately. Hmm. No. All right, so hot on the heels two years later, uh, they do re- we Elder Scrolls comes back with Daggerfall. Daggerfall. Let me give you the stats real quick. This was developed and published by Bethesda again. No surprise there. Uh, released on PC MS DOS in North America on August thirty first, nineteen ninety six. Another action RPG single player experience in a really really awesome looking box. I'm sorry, all I can remember is the box I bought. I don't even remember the game, I just remember the box. It was damn cool. It was like a tin foily, colory, red and goldy thingy with some undead skull looking like it was trying to grab your ass. Okay, maybe not your ass. Maybe just your soul. But you get the point. It was cool. going you're going interesting places now, Phil. It was yeah. cool. The box was awesome. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So this was like my first entry into Elder Scrolls. And uh Holy cow! I mean, just the, the just just the character creation. You just get lost for hours in character creation. Talking about Dungeon Dragons and stuff. See, I play pen and paper, and back in the old days in Dungeon Dragons, you of course you had all these classes and races presented to you. But if you dove far enough into the Dungeon Master's Guide, there was the framework for building your own classes and shit. And it was, it was, I mean, you could spend just hours and hours doing that crap, and that's the kind of stuff I did. So I practically had a nerdgasm when I fired up Daggerfall, and I saw the character creation thing. And of course, I didn't do the questions. And there's actually was somewhere where I could press create your own class. And, and you can add and take away abilities and modifiers you choose from different lists. 
And this all, in, in a very, um, you could definitely t- feel the Dungeons & Dragons influence because there was an XP meter that would show, uh, I guess, how much more experience you needed to level up because you picked, the, you know, an overpowered class or you put together an overpowered class. That's very D&D-like. Um, yeah, D&D was like, if you picked a race that's too powerful, eh, we're going to give you a two-level penalty from the rest of your friends. So, uh, just, holy crap, you could spend hours in character creation. How about you, Scott? Did you spend hours in character creation? No, I think I just grabbed whatever worked the last time in Arena, and it's like, well, I didn't die a billion times with this. I think I was a ranger or something, or maybe assassin. I don't remember. So I just picked that again because I thought, okay, I I know what to deal with. And then I just jumped in and immediately uh, did the thing that Elder Scrolls does best, faffed off away from the main quest and joined a faction. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) This is the game where all the factions came into play. I think there were even more. I think this has the most of any Elder Scrolls. What is the main quest this time around? Okay, so um, Emperor Septim VII, for real this time. (laughs) I guess it was the fourth. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You have to release a ghost. The, the, The Emperor has asked you to go to Daggerfall to free a dead king's ghost and steal a letter back from a spy. That's it? The letter, eventually, you read the letter and it reala- and realize that he, the locals are going to resurrect a crazy, crazy mad god guy who is evil and then everyone gets involved. Those damn locals... Yeah, and then, like, an orc steals the letter, and he's like, I will do that. And then he's like, no, you should still use the ritual to do some necromancy thing. And then it... Basically, everyone ends up reading the letter, and everyone wants to do something with the power of this ritual to revive this dead god guy. Okay. Yeah. And in order to free the ghost, you have to kill the king's murderer. It, it's this weird... Matryoshka of nested quests, hey, and it was it was easy to mess those things up. I mean, this thing didn't didn't hold your hand. If you got a letter from somebody saying meet them somewhere, and and you didn't get there at a halfway decent time, uh, you could break the quest, and yeah. that could be the main quest chain. You'd be done. You'd be you done. Wouldn't even know. You, you wouldn't even know. Even care. Yeah, you, and even... you wouldn't even care because you're like, I am going to fulfill all the obligations of this particular church for no real reason. Yeah. Or constantly running into, again, pixelated boobs all over the place. All up ends. All right, Phil, we've had a whole two years. Is YouTube still allowing the pixelated boobs of Daggerfall to be viewed with no repercussions? I I was spending more time watching the arena of replays because I'm a little more familiar with Daggerfall, and I was seeing quite a bit of arena boob. So, uh, pixelated boobs. So Daggerfall boob either wasn't there as much, or it just didn't pack the same fort. You know, I, I should have watched more Daggerfall replays. Daggerfall, uh, it, it's weird where they, they're, they're all over the place. It's boobs all over the place, but it's ray-casted graphics, so it's 2D sprites on 3D environments. Isn't this, a, like, yeah, like, even, oh, yeah, if you rolled up a female character, not that I would ever do such a thing, but if you rolled up a female character and, you know, took off your armor and the undershirt, 
I think you got boobs right up front. Yeah, you, you, you two seconds to boobs. Two sec. You don't have to like go and hunt some rare harpy in a far off cave or naga or any. No, no, it's right there. Character creation, full on pixelated boob, the way nature intended. Die. Hey, Nineteen ninety six. What are our comparisons for boobs? Or Grand Three? Was Grand no. Theft Auto out yet? No. Well, no. the original, but. That nope. was not known for no, nah, not known until Grand Theft Auto Three, I think. Uh, uh, six, what um, about uh, Leisure Suit? Wake? No, Leisure Suit Larry was pretty good at covering boob. I mean, just chill. Always talked about boob, but never actually saw. I don't think. Oh, the original Dead or Alive came out. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the the fighters of '96. So let's see, that'd be Virtual Fighter Two, I think. Oh wait, here yeah. and. And, uh, oh, that was Tekken 1 out? I think Tekken 1 or 2, yeah. Which Tekken was it? They're, they're so easy to tell apart. Hey, listen at this. Uh, Dragonfall has genre-typical gore elements and some sexual topics. It displays cartoonish nudity, including male and female genital areas, when all equipment is removed. The game installer includes a password-protected child guard feature that hides blood and corpses instead of just showing the skeleton of the corpse, disables sexual topics, though not removing all nudity, and ensures the character portrait is wearing underwear at all times. Well, it's it's good to know. It's, I... it's good to know that Bethesda has been looking out for our morality this way. Yeah. Clearly, that, there's nothing that would be more disturbing to video game players than pixelated genitalia, right? Yeah. So, so let let's get this out. Let's get the let's get this out on the table. This, this game is, is huge. At one point, Bethesda was claiming that the the game is the on the scale of the size of Great Britain, around two hundred twenty nine thousand square kilometers or 88,000 square miles um the actual size of the map was calculated to be 161,000 square kilometers or 62,000 square miles the game world features over 15,000 towns cities villages and dungeons for you to explore according to todd howard the game director and executive producer uh the gay the the sequel morrowind is 0.01 percent the size of daggerfall um of course, we yeah, all. But every bit of Morrowind is there for a reason. Reason. Daggerfall <laughs> is all procedurally generated again, so you're just sort of hitting generic town with weird name that maybe you have to meet a guy in. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. random. There's over seven hundred and fifty thousand handcrafted in. Okay, no, they're not uh, NPCs. <laughs> Uh, they're for, all. It's the same three guys. It's the same I, thought, th- I saw a mud, mud crab the other day. Yeah, they were like clones of each other. Uh, it is. Are it we is. really that surprised? In '96, are we really expecting Bethesda to come up with that many unique character models? All right, but here's the million dollar question. Okay, and I'm not super, super familiar with the inner workings of procedurally generated content. Let's say I go and I visit a whacked out dungeon way out in left field uh, or something along those lines. I leave, and two weeks later, whatever, I go back to it. Is it going to be the same dungeon as before, or is it going to be randomly generated again? No, once it generates, it saves it. Okay, so does that then mean that every time I'm, as I play the game, the game save file is getting larger and larger? Yes. Mm, Would that possibly cause any problems or bugs? Almost certainly. (laughs) It's almost like that still happens with these games now. Don't let a save file get more than 10 megs big on a PS3, kids. (laughs) (laughs) 10 megs? Ow. Yeah. 
That oh, seemed... oh, we didn't cover. Is this still on floppies or are we just on CDs now? Oh, God. I want to say this one, 96, it probably still would have come out on floppies because it still would have been DOS running on DOS. Hmm. Let's see. This one, we're probably going to need a lot more than 10 floppies. Uh, uh, probably. Yeah, I'll see if I can find something. But uh, uh, Well, you you played it near the time, didn't you, Phil? I don't. I would say I was using CD-ROM by then. I, I could be wrong, though. I can't imagine <laughs> still using... Futurist. I know, right? I can't imagine still still using... Uh, not for something that big, too. I mean, granted, it's procedurally generated, but still. Uh, shoot. Uh, or anywho. Oh, here we go. Here's some specs. Oh, oh, we got some specs here. I got lo- Where's my specs at? They disappeared. Oh, no. Ah, uh, shoot. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. The, invisible uh, specs. Invisible specs. Let's see. IBM 100% compatible. MS-DOS 6.0 or greater. A 488 uh no 486 uh something required 256 color vga double speed cd rom drive required okay yeah buddy you ain't getting away with floppies on this one but but because we you know there you know these these games were just filled with with more bugs than a roach factory uh they my understanding is that they eventually released a patch disc which was a floppy disc you can yeah. use to patch up your your game. And how many patches did we eventually need for this? Uh, not nearly enough. <laughs> not nearly enough, because it still has bugs today. Uh, Bethesda, you know... Oh, Bethesda game with bugs? <laughs> I, I, I never heard. On the back of the box, they have some quotes from gaming magazines. Next Generation said, Bethesda has done nothing short of creating another world. Strategy Plus says, Bethesda will be the company defining the feature of computer RPGing on computers for a long time to come. This came out the same year as Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I know Bethesda would love it if it could match Pokemon sales, but we know that's never going to happen. I don't know. Skyrim did okay. <laughs> It did, but compared to any given Pokemon? Yeah. I mean, Pokemon's the best-selling thing ever, but... So, so uh, the size of this game and the sheer number of procedurally randomly generated towns and people, that that still doesn't even scratch the surface of the depth of the game. Not even the, the fact you can make your own classes from dozens of you know sliders and variables and such oh no 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 boys and girls because there's also like inside the game itself as you're playing there's there's all kinds of subsystems from the before mentioned uh you know guilds and guild systems and whatnot you can make your own enchant your own weapons and crap you can you can create your own spells create your own spells seriously that was like my favorite thing to do most of the time those spells didn't work just because um the game shipped with a bunch of spells that didn't never actually worked. There's also some subsystems that don't interface with the world ever, so you can put points into a skill that has no use. Which is always a fun thing to do. You'd find it... You, you might not even find out! You'd just be sitting there leveling up, leveling up a skill and being like, one day, this scribing thing I'm doing is really gonna matter. One day this... Uh, this fortune-sensing ability I've got will really come in handy... Oh yeah. Uh, what about? It's, in fact, you had like the uh, the 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 languages. Like yeah, languages never mattered. Like fairy, <laughs> fairy. What the hell are you gonna do with that? You can't even find fairies to talk to. Uh, there'd be like one what fairy the hell in the is game. A fairy language. Yeah. 
It's just uh, it's just crazy. Street streetwise, I guess that might come in handy. I'm looking at the list of skills here now. Streetwise, oh, you could also like buy houses, which did nothing. Buy boats, which would get you across water. How many you boats could, would you need? I don't. You, you'd lose them. Yeah. You generic town name you parked your boat at, and then you'd have to buy another boat. Except, and you had no money, but you could take out bank loans. And are they going to charge you 25% interest? Yes, and if you forget which generic town you took a bank loan in, they send guys to kill you. <laughs> That's no. not too different from real life. The, the systems in this game are many and they are deep. Uh, and half of row. But, I mean, and that was kind of the fun of the game. Discovering what was broken and what you could break. Yeah, you know, like, can I come up with a fly spell in the right combination of items to where I never run out of magic points so I can fly forever? Can you use this spell that removes terrain to dig your way past an entire dungeon? Mm-hmm. Because the dungeons are huge. Oh my god, they're insane! They're like death traps! They they make Descent look like an easy walk through paradise. Because, you know, in Descent, at least you're not uh, constrained by silly things like gravity. Yeah, they were here were these huge 3D, you know, like the maps were 3D rotatable because the dungeons would have multiple floors, but because they're randomly and procedurally generated, there there wasn't a whole bunch of intelligence to them at times. So, it would be easy to lose track even with the help of a map of where you were at, where you came from, where you were going, cuz cuz you know, even with the map, it was just confusing. It actually would have been better off I think they were trying to be fancy by giving you like a 3D descent like auto map to work through but I actually think it might have been a little bit easier if they just stuck with the 2D map showing where the stairs were up and down and separated things into floors and then your brain would just be handling one chunk at a time piss me off I can't tell you how many times I just got stuck in a dungeon and said screw this go roll up another character or reload a save outside the dungeon save save often of course the worst thing and save a different file this is the this is the game that trained me to not only save often but to save in different files because it was easy to save something that had already been hit with a bug or corruption. And so reloading it at that point wouldn't really help you out. Yep. Yeah. So, hmm. But, uh, you know, combat is, you know, it's a first-person perspective, you know, type of game. The monsters are in front of you. Uh, my understanding, not, I don't think I did spellcasting myself either. Yeah, I did. Because I like to fart around with spells. But I, I was mostly using them for utility purposes, not necessarily for fighting. I was like a spell swords guy. Sword for killing, spells for doing cool, awesome stuff. Um, but uh, uh, my understanding is that the spell, spell slinging is a little bit more doable in this game. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, so the monster's in front of you. You're swinging your sword, and you can't really tell. I think that was one of the things, is like, I'm swinging a sword. I don't know if the guy's being hit or not. You just know suddenly he would die. I can't tell you how elated I was when I first fired up Morrowind, and there was life bars above the critters. Oh, yeah. It was huge, because then at least, you know, if the life bar's going down, I'm hitting. <laughs> it's important. That's important. Um, cause, cause... I think now I think Daggerfall was was it was it the game that was nice enough to let you know if you were attacking a foe, let's say, who was immune to all but silver and you were not using a silver weapon. I'm trying to remember if Daggerfall was nice I enough to say the say, text crawl I wanna say the text crawl at the bottom might have said no effect. Might have said, yeah. I wanna say it was nice enough at least for that. Yeah. Cause there's like nine flavors of werewolf in this. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of immunities to go around. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, I mean, if you're an old-school pen-and-paper guy that was like me and wanted to go right to the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide to see how many systems you could, you know, uh, fool around with to break or bend or, you know, just get crazy-ass with the game, this is the game for you. Because more than any other game I've played before or after, this has got all underneath the hood. And some of the bugs have been worked out. The major bugs, most of them have been worked out. So you can go back and play it now and at least you know, have a decent chance of getting through half the game before it wigs out on you. But like Scott said, it's not for the faint of heart either. If you miss a quest uh, anywhere, you better take notes. You better pay attention. You won't be totally immersed in a game. Like if you're one of those people who says, ah, these new games with their quest markers and stuff, those are too easy. I I remember. Well, go back and play Daggerfall. You will remember. Because this is the game. These were the games that if you didn't take detailed notes, you bought a boat, you better remember where in the hell you bought that boat. You're exactly yeah. right, because it was so easy to forget what you did in each city. No, you're right. You had to take notes. In fact, when you're on the mini-map, or the you know the map, I should say, the world map, there's all these dots all over it, and each little dot represents an entire town or city or dungeon. And and there was actually, and thank God they put this in there, but there's a search function. So let's say you're looking for Daggerfall, the capital city, whatever. You could type in search for Daggerfall and it will light up because otherwise your mouse can go over 500 little squares trying to find out the one that says Daggerfall. And just, and if you don't think, if you're looking at the map and you're like, damn, Phil, there's a lot of little dots there, then you realize there's a zoom out button somewhere and that lets you see the entire continent. And you realize that you were just looking at one country before that had 58 million dots on it. Now you're looking at the entire world and you're like, holy crap. And that's when the size and the scope of Daggerfall begins to sink in. It's crazy. Oh, hey, you can learn Spriggan. Very importantly. Uh, languages never mattered. Erotic yeah. da- I think you can take erotic dancing and that never does anything. Ooh, that'd be fun to take just for the flavor. No. That's applicable to males and females or just one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Equal opportunity, useless skills. Exactly. There are some more recent games where erotic dancing might come in handy, but I don't remember any deep romance talk about Daggerfall. I've got... got, Obviously, Sam would not be interested. Have you guys... Uh, Honestly, I think Bethesda games happen in this weird, sexless universe. (laughs) All of them. Hmm. Have you seen... Have you ever talked to a friend about Minecraft? They're like, oh, I can never play a game that's, you know, doesn't give me direction. I've had people say that because I've talked to people. I got Minecraft on the Vita. I think it's the most awesome thing ever to have this huge, open-ended, sprawling world game on on my handheld. And, and people are like, oh, I, I get it. Dude, dude, this game is, if you're a Minecraft fan that likes that open-ended, non-directed crap, this is like that on steroids. Seriously. But with less digging and actually as much digging if you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're, bending, you're 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 busting the dungeons open with that spell with that tunneling spell. I I have if to you, admit, if it. you do it too much, are you going to cause a game breaking bug? Um, no, probably not. I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure I got lucky and never did. This, this being a Bethesda game, I'm sure it's out there. Oh, right. oh, Scott, remember remember armor class like body part armor classes? Oh God, damage by hit location. Yeah. This, okay, so you you might remember if you in in recent Elder Scrolls games being able to determine the direction of your sword swings by how you were moving at the time. There was a similar thing in uh, Daggerfall, but it was based on how you were moving your mouse while swinging. 
while clicking. And so you could po theoretically you could focus on one bit of armor, one bit of the body, and hack that to pieces, and then your and then break their armor that way, or your armor would break, and then you'd have to repair it one piece at a time. And in practice, was it ever worthwhile attempting to hit only one part of the enemy? Um, if it was, yes. If it was an NPC that wasn't wearing a hat. <laughs> Wait. I'm not even going to try and figure that out right now. <laughs> if, if they weren't wearing headgear, it was worth taking the time to try and hit the head. Overhand strikes all the time, always. It, even if it's just like a wizard's cap or some soft thing that you wouldn't figure has any effect on it at all? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, come on, it, it's Elder Scrolls. Wizard's hats <laughs> have a billion have a billion armor class. What about, say, a, a British dock worker's cap or, I don't know, a, a, a yarmulke? Or I, don't think, the game. I, I don't think yarmulkes were an option. I guarantee you won't get much protection out of a yarmulke. In the Elder Scrolls, you would. It would be the legendary yarmulke of Mithrunas Dagon, go figure, and it would And as long, you... as long as you avoid eating anything that has a cloven hoof, then it will give you great power or something. Yeah, it, it increases your enchantment. So, so, some some people would say, people who, who love super open-endedness, like, when you think Elder Scrolls, you know, they, they have good stories, but they're not the, the most memorable stories on the planet. They have decent combat. It's not the most fun combat on the planet. Um, you know, they have interesting settings. They're not the most fascinating settings on the planet. But the one thing you think we think of these games is open-ended. And to that effect, uh, some would argue, just by its sheer size alone, plus all the subsystems we talked about, all, you know, being so expansive, so open uh, just, just begging for you to experiment. Some would say that Daggerfall was the pinnacle of open-ended gaming. What do you think, Scott? Every Elder Scrolls game is the worst Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, we have already established that Arena might be the worst worstest. Where's that place, Daggerfall? Perhaps not least worstest. We're gonna have to come up with a very specific Elder Scrolls scale, I think. Yes. But, but there Dagger, we go. Daggerfall is not as worse as Arena. Yep. That is worse. Scott, what's your favorite Elder Scrolls game? The one that clicks with me, and I guess I have to... And you do have to kind of phrase it that way, is the one where all the bits and pieces click for your personal preferences best is going to have to be Morrowind. You know, Scott and I do not agree on very much, but I would agree with Scott on that one. I, I feel like that that even though Morrowind uh, doesn't quite have the uh, obviously it doesn't have procedurally generated content, but, but you it, know what it, all, it it's also manageably sized. Yeah, it's manageably sized. It's well crafted. I mean, yeah, you really felt like not this is the Morrowind podcast, but you really do feel like you're really drawn in by this really huge, lovingly crafted uh, world, and yet there's still a ton of open endness to the game. Tons. It's alien in a way that makes sense. Like, you you see strange things and then immediately realize they're kind of mundane. Mm-hmm. Over and over. And it's like, this is another world and I buy it. Whereas I legitimately have trouble believing even, say, Oblivion, which is looks like, you know, a medieval city, 
all over the place, but I'm like, no, I don't buy you people. This is not a place. Uh, this is a place that exists to facilitate me adventuring and not a world at all. And when I think of Oblivion, for some reason, I think of Horse Armor as a DLC. <laughs> I Speaking know, right? of terrible DLC, Elder Scrolls Legends Battlespire, released in 1997, planned as an expansion for Daggerfall, but instead was kind of a crummy horror RPG hybrid where you slogged your way through seven levels of the realms of oblivion to stab a daedra lord and then run away <laughs> ah tip, a typically noble pursuit why not right yeah and let's see horror rpg 97 uh yeah even uh, let's two, probably <laughs> re- reviewers seem unimpressed as a whole with uh deslock of GameSpot noting Compared against Daggerfall, Battlespire's less expansive <laughs> scope, hack and slash gameplay, and technical problems ultimately provide a role playing experience that's only occasionally satisfying. Game Revolution's Tom Garcia decided that Battlespire had very little to offer the gamer once the more, uh, other than more action than a regular RPG. However, even the action was completely negated by a horrible semi 3D engine plagued by bugs, glitches, and lots and lots of clipping errors. I noticed that the first one mentioned the technical issues, which seems interesting in an Elder Scrolls game. I know, right? And this is uh, the same year as the the expansion for Diablo Hellfire. Well, yeah, yep, that's... that's, that's, I guess Bethesda didn't have Blizzard's budget for good marketing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. So, uh... uh, it, it also has... 1997 was also the year of the first 3D D&D adventure, uh, Descent to Undermountain. Which, as bad as that was, it sounds a little it, better. It It's... Okay, I'm gonna mention the actual ones people probably care about from 97, Final Fantasy 7, Final yep. Fantasy Tactics. There we go. That's better. Uh, 97. Mm, yeah, I could come up with some Saturn stuff, but nobody cares. Uh, there's some Saturn stuff, Mega Man Legends... Let's see, when did Quake come out? Year before, I think. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the, what, what's the big one? Okay. Oh, Goldeneye. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. The original Fallout. Not 3D, but actually good. The Curse of Monkey Island. <laughs> heard of that one, too. Oh, Dark Forces 2. That was properly 3D. Everyone was fully modeled in that. Well, I guess we also have to mention... Elder Scrolls Adventures Red Guard. Yeah. Which uh, (laughs) released on Noct in Halloween 1998. Oh, God. Okay. So, you know, I really want them to revisit Hammerfell in a proper Elder Scrolls game. (laughs) Because this one, this was another one that tried to be 3D when Bethesda was not ready to work in 3D. Unfortunate. Of course, we now know that most 3D stuff from the late 90s just hasn't aged all. <laughs> yep. And this was something that didn't look good at the time. So imagine for a moment what that means. Uh, it's okay. Um, there is a plot to that. And you're actually a real character with a name and a backstory and an agenda. It's generic. You're just looking for your sister. And then you find yourself in the middle of a bunch of uh, scheming princes 
uh, in Hammerfell, and then there's a MacGuffin, and you fight the bad guy, <laughs> like always. And this is how long a game? Short. Okay. Kind of linear. It's everyone at Bethesda claimed they were ripping off Tomb Raider. What? Yeah, they wanted like they wanted to have sort of Tomb Raider style exploration of an of a D and D dungeon. Okay. Yeah. And by see by all the other games like that which have come out over the years, we know it started the bandwagon and it was nothing but a good idea. Yep. Yes, sir, e Bob. I mean, looking at the screenshots, you could kind of see some of that inspiration, like the inventory management system and crap. But yeah, now, 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 GOG, you know, gamers, they they sort of like it. Got four out of five stars. And uh, what was what were Arena and Daggerfall getting? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Daggerfall. If you're bringing up GOG star ratings, Phil, then we have to be comprehensive. Yeah. Ah, well, huh. Elder Scrolls, Red Guard. Oh, that's right, because Daggerfall... See, Daggerfall isn't rated separately because it's a free game. Morrowind got five stars from 577 voters. But Daggerfall doesn't have its own landing page because they're not selling it separately. You get it I'm not going to GameFAQs to check out those reviews. No. <laughs> Oh, boy. Anyways, so let's let's wrap this up. All right. Well, I don't we do. Do we usually do the price checks? Well, there's really only one price here. Go to GOG, <laughs> buy Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, which is really the best game. And you can just get all this other crap for free and and call it. Actually, you don't get Redgar and Battlespire. You get Arena and Daggerfall. Who cares? You don't want Redgar or Battlespire anyways. So screw it. Just get Morrowind uh, and call it a day. And then you get Daggerfall. And no, you'll have free. plenty to do in Morrowind that you won't even really think about Mm-mm. playing Redguard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can dip your toe into Daggerfall. Holy. Okay. What, what are you holding? I, I'm looking for Redguard, and look what I found here. Oh, no. Do, am I really going to no. want to click on this? Like, no, no, it's nothing obscene or anything like that. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, oh, you've got to Okay, so a factory sealed red copy of Red Guard is six hundred dollars on eBay, and there's and 11, 11 people watching it, like they're thinking about it. This is one of only three Red Guard listings on eBay that I can find. Oh, wait, uh, okay, okay, people. Uh, and here, and here's a complete copy from the UK going for one hundred thirteen thirty-eight. Oh God. You people have problems. People, stop the insanity. Please. Please. I, I Just, no, don't, no. How many other good games could you buy for that much money? You could buy whole consoles for that money. Yeah. If you are seriously sitting here going, I have $600 to spend, I should buy a copy of Red Guard. Uh, buy, buy a PS4 instead. Yeah, yeah. Don't donate the money to the RPG Backtrack Fund. Something. Holy cow! Don't do that, people. Don't do that. Us in whiskey for a year. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a great idea. Hey, by the way, you boys and girls can contribute to Phil's whiskey fund by PayPaling your. Okay, no. Anyways, yeah, just whatever you do. Don't. 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 Just don't. Don't. Oh. oh my gosh. Okay, I'm, I'm looking. Okay, ba- I only see a few battle spires, and you know what? They're not quite at that level, except for this, which is probably some kind of like thing. 
Oh, I'm afraid of this lake. I mean, it's going to drive me to That's drink. a different... What the hell was that crap? That's the book? That's the book? It looks like a book for 300 bucks. And there's six people watching the, it. The, the novel that went... The novel slash guidebook for Battlespire is going for $300. Oh my god, you people are sick. You need you, you, help. You help. You need psychiatric counseling. And it's not even brand new. It's just in good condition. It's used, but very much loved and well-kept smoke-free. I'm looking at the pictures. It looks like it, it's been read a few dozen times, okay? No, what is wrong with you people? Uh, anyway, now that now we have discovered just how prepared some people are to waste their money. Uh, Holy cow. Okay, so... Continue. So all right, so we're wrapping this up. So 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 yes, go to go to gog.com, buy Marwin Game of the Year for twenty bucks, or wishlist it and, and catch it on sale. Uh, my, I just explained this to a friend today. You can you can the same thing with Steam. You can wishlist stuff. You can turn on email notification. That's what I do. They email me when these games go on sale. That's personally when I buy them because that's how I collect so many games is by stretching my buck out. But if you're an impulse buyer, twenty bucks for for Morrowind Game of the Year with all the expansions is still a DR free it's still a great deal and they'll give you daggerfall and arena you'll boot up that da- you'll do what i did boot up arena once never do it again boot up arena once or twice get it out of your system and play morrowind okay right so you okay with that scott that sounds like an excellent plan all right so <laughs> all right we're gonna take a break because you know after scott and i have agreed on something that's a real shadowing event we need to we need to calm down and uh yeah we'll be right back after these commercial messages as soon as I can find the button. Final app. We read your comments, share kitchen sink stuff, and 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 so much more. So our last episode of the RPG backtrack was number one fifty five. Bad idea factory. Uh, and and yeah. yeah yeah. You know we were shocked. I don't know. Well, I, I won't speak for Mike. I was shocked, taken aback, and blown away by the fact that some of you were deriving enjoyment out of our pain. You know, the internet is a strange place where we all seem to enjoy, we we revel in the Schadenfreude, perhaps more than we ought. Let's all it and you know it, it's a shame that Twitch plays Bob Ross is only on Mondays because we need that positivity in our lives all the time. Bob Ross and his happy little clouds and his happy accidents that are not mistakes at all. Has he ever played an Idea Factory game? 
They're all happy accidents. <laughs> there are no mistakes ever. Even buying Idea Factory games. Oh, God. Yeah, speaking of Bob, Bobby Watson mentioned that I left an F-bomb near the end. And does that mean we won't be censored anymore? Look, you know, here at the RPG Backtrack, we have high recording and editing standards, okay? And it was brought to... We brought to my attention during the editing process that there might have been a colorful metaphor or two. But we purposely left them in because, damn it, those games deserved it. And you can't... You you can't... You can't stifle the pain of these poor individuals who have played Idea Factory games behind a cutesy little wave file. It does disservice to the true harrowing journey that is playing anything Idea Factory ever released. Oh god, why? Oh why? Oh why are they still in business? I really like... 21 years that company has existed. And how? And and how? I, I, I can't understand it. I love I love uh, Wheel's um, reply here to one of the comments. He says, Mugen Souls could easily be described as, I want to be to scale, but that would take so much effort, so let's quarter arse it. Not even half asset, quarter arse. Again, that that's pretty much accurate for any given idea factory game. Uh, the, the, the the company's name is very accurate in one sense. It does have ideas. Of course, they're all terrible. And they churn them out on an assembly line. Yeah, <sighs> which is maybe not the way you want to churn out ideas. But try telling idea factory that. Try telling the people Neptunia. How is that such a long running thing? Who is I know we're getting right. four more of them this year. Really? Are you serious? It's Neptunia. four a year. There are four Neptunias a year. Wow. Wow. Well, eventually, eventually, we will reach saturation point. I have to hope this, because otherwise the only other conclusion is that people keep buying Neptunia and they just can't get enough. And that's that's among the most depressing things I can come up with in my mind. Well, you know, we learned in accounting that in order to make a profit, you got to have some revenue and you got to keep your expenses low. And I, I don't know how many of those copies of those things they sell, but I can tell you after I was just playing one of those not too long ago, I'm almost embarrassed from it. But uh, I can tell you the production values are pretty darn low. A lot of recycled assets in those games. And, and low- then somebody mentioned that apparently Idea Factory does good visual novels. Well, based on the Idea Factory I've played, no, the writers are not any good. Where is this idea that Idea Factory has good writers coming from? I've never encountered any. Then again, that would require me to play more Idea Factory, and that's um, that's not something I can bear to do at, for long periods of time. So, uh, you just... fine. I'll, I will grant the notion that maybe in the bowels of Idea Factory's hellish maze, someone who is able to string a mildly coherent narrative together exists. There, I just said something... That is the closest thing to a nice thing I've ever said about Idea Factory. Treasury people. Yeah. So, um, and, and then Cypher said, mentioned, uh, everyone seemed legitimately bummed by this episode. You all zipped through it so fast before Phil got too loopy. Now, I don't know what he's implying there because, once again, we only have high standards on this podcast and, you know, we're, we're, no one's getting loopy here, okay? We're all, we're all, we're all fully you know, in charge of our facility faculties. We we do not loop. 
Not yeah. even a little bit. Not even a little loop. Not we are even. straight and narrow. No, yeah. not even a not even an aileron roll between the three of us. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, Bob. Um. So what else? Uh, oh, he mentions congrats on doing more school. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I honestly, I, I'm a very kind of a black and white person. I'm an accountant for crying out loud, and and I see school as a necessary um, evil to get to the end that I need to get to, but. Uh, you know, say I, I really don't look forward to it at all. I've already started some of the classes, but then just a couple of nights ago, when I was studying spreadsheets, uh, that's one of the classes spreadsheet. I was ex- I found Excel? out this thing Excel, right? And there's hey, this... Excel spreadsheets are your friend, Phil. Well, you need to re- you need to think that otherwise you are in for a horrible time. I know. Well, and I think of it as like a, a workman thinks of his hammer. Need it, it gets the job done. I don't get excited about my hammers. But, 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 but there was a chapter on this thing called pivot tables. And long story short, pivot tables can take huge chunks of data and records and crunch them 18 different ways a Sunday. And my, my little, my little light above my head turned on because I'm like, wait a minute, this would be perfect for my gaming backlog that I have because I have this huge backlog in Microsoft Excel. You know, I've got a few formulas that crunch up how many games haven't beat yet and things like that. But uh, pivot tables really let you do some analysis on your huge tables worth of data. And when you got 1,200 games, boys and girls, you need something that can crunch it up. So, yeah, I'm excited about pivot tables. That's going to be my vacation, updating my game database and turning it into pivot tables. Other than that, no, I'm not excited about school. But, hey, you got to get the job done if you want to pay the bills. Uh, anywho, so uh, what's our next uh, next show going to be about, Mike? It is going to be about that one Final Fantasy and the 16-bit era that we didn't get until years later. I think you know something about this one, Phil. Hmm. Is that the one where I get to change jobs? It is. I like changing jobs. So that's going to be our next one. I think we can come up with a lot to say about that one, too. Yay, jobs. Good jobs. Good jobs. Okay. And... And let's see news. Here's a piece of relevant news. News. System Shock 3 has been announced. Yeah, because... For some time in the non-specific future. But again, it's because we've been talking about System Shock. They listen to us. Our predictive effect continues. Although, if it comes out before 2018, that'll be unexpected. Hmm. Kill. Have they even said... uh, They they really have not said Jack. (laughs) No, and if it's this far out, they don't have to. Just... It's coming. There. We, we figured it. We sorted out the law, and now we own it again. Let's do it. Yeah. Assets to show you? Why would we need that? All you need is the name System Shock 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we know the real exciting news is that uh, Hyper Dimension Neptunia has come to GOG. Well, we, you can disguise coming to PC that's now retro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poop. Fine. Uh, well, mm, trying to think if there's any other exciting news. But, uh, I'm kind of drawing a bank. I, for some reason, I feel like I should be thinking of something. But uh, there's a sequel to Nino Kuni coming. I don't know. Oh, Metabots on the Wii U Wii Shop. I might actually pick that up. I always meant to Ooh, yeah. try to track one of those down. Never really could. I realized it's not going to be the same as the cartoon which is mostly about Mr. Referee being awesome and showing up out of nowhere. Hmm. Any 
else. You know, it, it is kind of a quiet time of year, relatively. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, we could talk about that one game we already mentioned when we mentioned 1997 getting its remake and people going ape, ape crazy over it, but why? It doesn't need any more attention. We, and you know what freaking game I'm talking about. And no one's going to have inter- anything interesting to say about it until a year after it's been out. Yeah. It's probably going to be me when I finally get finished with it and review it. I I eagerly anticipate an inflammatory review because you refuse to say this remake makes what was already awesome even better. Well, that would mean admitting it was awesome the first time. I don't think I can lie. It's hard for me to lie to people. And I appreciate that about you because there will be enough people on the internet who will eagerly take the chance to take Square Enix's later th- latest thing and lie their heads off because then Square Enix will love them and give them presents in the fridge. Maybe. Maybe. I Never having done that on behalf of Square Enix, this is a complete rumor, but it doesn't sound that outlandish now, does it? Nah. So, while I'm uh, looking for a few more news bits, uh, Scott, what's been going on with you? You know, not, not, not too much. Just kind of also back at the school thing for different reasons and just working my way through assignments and then uh, you know the odd bit of like Sword Coast Legends or getting handed more D&D Are you talking about the is, is that the computer RPG yeah, Sword Coast Legends? Yeah, the computer thing And you've been playing it? Yeah What are your thoughts? Aggressively mediocre Yes What I was hoping for Yes I was hoping for a game that wouldn't overextend itself and just took the easy route. Went for mediocrity. Nice. And I've now discovered Shout Factory has released DVDs of Tintin, the animated series. I might have to buy that. Shout Factory is pretty good about getting stuff which has rarely seen the light of day out. Man, it's Tintin. This series is rad. Hmm. Tintin. What else? It's kind of what I'm doing right now. Said. Okay. Yeah, well, if you're if you're taking the classes seriously, they tend to take up a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially Western governors, man. That's just because it's in Western governors. It might have been just before, but you just you just you could take the classes as fast as you want. The only thing stopping you from taking the exam is yourself. You, you can take it the first day if you study the whole book at once. God bless your heart. So and then when you realize, wait a minute, I'm paying by the semester, not by the class. So every day is effectively costing me X number of dollars when I do the math, because that's what us accountants do for a living. Um, and that's constantly going through our brains. That's how we're wired. Yeah, it's a very strong incentive. Uh, Mike, what's going on with you? Oh, let's see here. I put up a couple of reviews recently. One for that game, which people have been waiting a long time for. You know, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. I... I bought that on my own, played through it, took some time off, and this is not the place to talk about a game which is just fresh out in English so that I can spoil all the plot and then get people act legit mad at me because it's only been out a month. But if you liked the first chapter and you haven't started picked this up yet, I would have to say you are sending Exceed completely the wrong signal. Selling fast matters more than selling well. What's the game? What game? Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second oh, chapter. Oh, oh, second chapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's your problem, people? Get it. Get it now. Yeah, you, you probably want to encourage this sort of thing coming out here because or, although I, I or, am not crazy enough to try and go talk to every NPC at every possible juncture in the game because that bore me, 
the mere fact that you can go do that and hear stuff that wasn't terribly interesting to me most of the time, but, you know, it's uniquely written, so, yay, you can hear that this guy over here is just really steamed that his store sign fell off, or this gal over here is kind of bummed that her boyfriend doesn't like strawberries. These are not real examples, I'm here. Or, uh, or you could spend two hundred dollars or more on a Red Guard book. Uh, let, let's not do that. Okay. I, I think paying. Let's see. It was on ten percent sale for uh, Steam's Thanksgiving weekend, but I think that's over now. You might be paying all of thirty dollars. Uh, that's that's honestly not too not too much to ask. I'd say, I'm considering just, the amount of work that went into this. Is that? <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, PlayStation Portable. Maybe that's only through the PSN? I didn't I think, see it yeah. on Amazon. Well, maybe. It's I know, saying, it was on two UMDs in Japan, so that means you're going to be shifting between it a lot. If you PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 3, and Microsoft Windows, according to Google. Uh, but I'm having a bit of an issue finding it on Amazon. If it's a UM, I prefer the UMD myself, only because my memory cards keep filling up. Or the uh, Vita, if it's on the Vita, I'll take it on the memory. That's why I don't understand. Like, okay, if a game costs four oh, on the Vita and on the PSP, the one thing they have is limited space, especially the Vita where the memory cards are so expensive. The PSP, I don't think it wasn't quite as expensive. But regardless, if you're going to sell me a game for $40 on the little cartridge, then don't sell it to me for $40 in the store. Sell it to me for 35 or 30 because I'm going to have to buy a memory stick to put it on. And even yeah, though I got no, the- basically retailers kind of keep threatening to boycott the uh, the console manufacturers if the digital stores start undercutting the retail price. Oh, it's horrible though. I'm not gonna. I hate to go out and buy memory card because they only fit so much on these things, and some of these games are so bad. They only fit like three games on. Stupid, especially Sony proprietary memory cards that cost like an arm and a leg and a first born. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Calm yourself, Bill. It kind of sucks some days. Rant, rant over. Keep going, Mike. Uh, I also finally got a review up for um, a game we talked about last time. Amazingly enough, I slammed Chaos Wars hard. Glenn Wilson thought it was amusing to read because usually I have <laughs> kind of a neutral tone, but this time I just started hitting it hard and didn't stop throughout the text, so he thought it matched for and yeah, how how dare I? I? I didn't even mention last time there, there's this stupid concept of impermanent damage in Chaos Wars where the next time you get a turn, some of the damage will come back. How much? I don't know. It's random. Isn't that great? So that's a typical idea. Um, and recently I have started several... Th- I played about half an hour of Final Fantasy Thirteen on Steam and I found, oh gosh, wow... This thing has horrendous lag on my machine. I mean, freaking horrendous. The frame rate is dropping to maybe 12 a second, maybe even lower. I can't. So, and it also has no quit function, so I had to go into Task Manager and force the thing to stop. Great nice. design, I swear. Nice. Uh, I've been playing the Dwarf Run, which we got as a free code from the developer. It's one of your standard, not too high budget D&D inspired. Here's a party. They're running around in multiple dungeon areas. It's got a sense of humor, at least. I like the fact that you run into a spider king who is leading a rebellion against all the evil spider queens who devour their mates. That that deserves better explanation than it's given in the game, but it's there. Uh, and I, I probably shouldn't have, because I know how much time it's going to suck up, but I started trying out some Borderlands 2, and what do you know? 
I, it's hard to put down at times. What? Harder to put down than Agris Wars? Yeah, you, you, you went for the low-hanging fruit there, didn't you, Phil? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and I played a little bit of Dragon Quest VIII the other night. That was mostly enough to make me see, wow, that's pretty. Wow, doing things that I would do in a 2D Dragon Quest game in 3D takes longer. Uh-huh, that's true. And... Amen, brother. Preach it, brother. Preach it. But you know what? I like it better than I did 7 so far. Oh, jeez. Based on 45 minutes. Wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. Again. Worst birthday ever. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh... Well, yeah. let's see here. Um, GOG had their winter sale, you know, not, uh, you know, because just in case you didn't get what you wanted off their Thanksgiving sale. And I bought uh, Hand of Fate, and that's a really kind of a cute, cute kind of deck building action RPG hybrid. So you play with this guy who acts like the dungeon master, and I think the narration's really cool. He's talking to you the entire time, kind of weaving a bit of a story as he's laying these cards out. But the encounters and the adventure itself, the choices you make are all being driven by the the, the cards, which uh, you're putting a lot of them together through your deck build. So. Before you go on a venture, you give them the encounter cards that are going to create the challenges, the uh, armor cards or weapon cards and whatever. When you get into an encounter, you get into a fight, it turns into something like Batman Arkham Asylum where you'll be surrounded by a bunch of guys and you have to do a bit of tumbling, a bit of fighting. Not quite as smooth as Batman Arkham Asylum, but it is cool because, you know, you got the stuff you equipped. Uh, pretty cool. Kind of something you can jump into, play a little bit of and get right out of. Um speaking of GOG yeah Trails of the Sky is on GOG and it's got the second chapter as well and it's the same at the moment it's the same exact price as Steam it's $20 for Trails of the Sky um, $30 for second uh, chapter story whatever the SC second chapter second chapter there you go um and yeah, you probably want to buy it so that you encourage XSEED to I don't know release the third chapter sometime it's it's not as necessary but it's there yeah, might wanna, you might want to try that sometime. Just and, saying. And y'all know I love GOG. I mean, if I'm going to pay the same price, I'm going to get on GOG because it's DRM free. So, man, take that steam. Well, um, it sounds like XC did a good thing then. Yeah, I'm really surprised because a lot of a lot of uh, publishers will do it on Steam first, and then after it's been out for like five or six years, and they pretty much figure they milked the cow dry, then they'll throw a bone to GOG, toss it up on there, and see what they can get on from that audience. But uh, XC's coming right out, I guess, and. Pushing that right on GOG around the same time. Now, isn't the isn't there the the what's that uh, Legend of Heroes Cold something 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 Trails of Cold Steel? Yeah, is that something coming like up that. soon? That's coming out next week, I think. Yeah, is that the, is that the same series or is that something totally it, different? Oh, geez, I wish Mac was here right now because he knows this series in and out better than I do. It's just it's. Part of the same series in that it's set in the same world, but it's set in a different part of it. The Trails in the Sky games are set in a certain country, and these are set in another one in a different time and place, I think. Ah, so according to Wiki, it looks like that's just coming out on the PlayStation 3 and the Vita um, next week. And then there's a Trails in the Cold Steel 2, which has already been out in Japan. So maybe if it does well, we'll also get that in, in North America. It's a sequel. Uh, to that first one, so huh, interesting. A lot of good things to look forward to. A lot of retro RPG goodness. Um, 
And um, just a little shout out for a game, uh, Legends of Eisenwald. Uh, that appeared on GOG not that long ago. And I'm kind of curious if any of our listeners have played it. Uh, it looks, looking at the gameplay and the description, it, it looks like Heroes of Might and Magic, which is one of my favorite games. And we've talked about it, King's Bounty, along those lines. We've talked about those games several times on the show. If anybody's played it, I would love to hear your thoughts on Legends of Eisenwald. Uh, speaking of, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow me at twitter.com forward slash jcservant, where I'm constantly posting pictures and thoughts of the games I'm playing. Posted a whole bunch of pictures and short videos of Transformers Devastation, <laughs> which I just happen to have air up my nostrils. So I decided to, to pump a few hours into that. And I was on the phone with a friend, and I was like, yeah, I'm playing this game. It looks like the 80s Transformer cartoon. He's like, get out. I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to upload it because PlayStation 4, you just hit a button and it uploads to your Twitter. So I flooded my Twitter with all these screenshots and 10-second videos. Uh, so it was pretty funny. And um, I, I think I might have mentioned last time, but my exercise, my, so I'm now playing. Did I mention I was playing Dragon Quest Nine, Mike? I don't think you did. Oh, okay. So that does not sound familiar at all. No, no. So being excited about the fact that seven and eight are been announced, I, we did talk about that, right? Yeah. Okay. So seven and eight announced for the 3DS. Super excited for that because I don't get a lot of console time anymore. And we've all talked about the pains of Dragon Quest Seven on the console. So I wasn't going to go. I tried it. <laughs> done with it. <laughs> I I don't have the stamina. That my guess. You managed to put a good twelve hours or so in. Yeah, I did, and that was that. At least I gave it a college try. But I'm super, uh, I'm super excited. Those are coming to the handheld, and uh, so I decided. You know, the seven, eight, nine aren't really a trilogy like you know one, two, three, four, five, six. So why not go ahead? Since I do plan to to purchase and play through seven, eight to complete that whole RPG trek of Dragon Quest games I started uh, last year. Uh, why not just get a head start and knock out D- DQ9 now? So I, I put that in. I do have a bit of a trepidation. I've been tweeting and people have been answering me. They've been very nice uh, because as I start playing through it and start running into some of the game systems, it, it's starting to feel more like an MMO to me in a, in a few ways <laughs> rather than your typical Dragon Quest linear um, uh, story slash job system. So I'm a little like right now I'm really worried about the job system. You start off with like six classes that you can choose from and you, it is cool that you get to build your party from scratch. That's pretty neat. But uh, you played it, right, Mike? I did. Do I not, am remembering right now. Are those other jobs are they really hard to unlock? Cause... I honestly don't remember. I pretty much stuck with people because it just didn't seem like it was necessary to switch anybody to a different class at that point. Hmm. Uh and yeah, there are a couple of continents where, you know, the, the one continent has slightly higher enemy levels than another, but you can take them whenever order you want. It's more open than the usual Dragon Quest. Yeah, there's there's item creation, crafting systems, and uh, which which granted, I I did play eight for a bit too back in the day. Some of that's in in eight as well with the creation pot, which um, that was something I remember taking some time for some reason. Huh. I gotta say this about eight: the the voice acting is pretty fun. Oh yeah, it's cute as hell. Oh yeah, I, I yeah boy. Anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll keep you all posted. If you're following my Twitter, uh, eventually I'll post a first blog entry, just like I did with the other RPG tricks, but with college and everything else, it really is a, a lower priority. So it, it, the the blog entries will go up when they go up, and that could be a very long time. Alrighty, but yes, you can converse with us about all of your favorite games, uh, not only on Twitter, uh, mention again, I'm JC Servant, and Mr. Minky is at Jumei Sin. Scott, are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. What's your handle? 
I'm I drawing a blank. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if I could just write. I don't have to use it. I I just open up my phone and there's my tweets. I'm like, can I type? I think it's, I think it's foul sorcerers. Foul sorcerers. Okay. okay, yep, there he is, Scott Walker. Uh, Walker There, they misspelled your name. Uh, foul sorcerers. Yes. Um, so you can you can you can communicate directly with all of us on Twitter, and I think we have a uh, slash RP gamer feed that you can follow as well and get all of our news and updates right there. Uh, we have facebook.com forward slash RP gamer on facebook.com forward slash JC servant, and uh, but more but the one place we all like to hang out is over at rpgamer.com. We have forums where you can join, jump into numerous discussions on various role-playing game subjects right there on our site. Discuss all the articles that we uh, that we put up um, or whatever just floats into your head. We'd love to just chat about RPGs then that's the place to do it. It's by gamers, for gamers, um, etc, etc, etc. So, uh, uh, hmm. Oh. Disgaea coming to the PC. I just thought, oh, Summon Night 5. Oh my gosh, I can hardly, I almost forgot to admit, uh, mention. I just got the code, finally. I was like a, a pre supporter, Kickstarter, or whatever for Summon Night 5 because it's, uh, it's a new PSP RPG. You got to have coming, it. Coming to you from Victor, Ireland, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it got delayed, so I was beginning to worry because I prepaid for it. And uh, I think I have to wait a little bit longer for the physical copy. It's not going to be here for another few weeks. But I've got the code, which is really cool because you get the code and you get the disc, which is very nice of them. So super excited to uh, – I got two weeks vacation coming up, and that's one of the things I need to do is get that somehow loaded on my PSP. I just don't know where I'm going to find the space with all the other retro games I've downloaded from the PSN there. Oh, and uh, oh my gosh, Mega Man – is it Mega Man Legends? Mega Man the 3D game? I want to say it's Mega Man Legends. So Mega Man Legends and the second one, which was The Adventures of Tron Bon, if I'm not mistaken. If you try to buy those, I wonder if they're still going for a lot on eBay. If you try to buy those on eBay, they were an arm and a leg in the firstborn. I know because I had played them back in the day. I at some point gave them away or sold them. I tried to go back on eBay and buy them like a year ago or two, and uh, they were super expensive. Now, I do see one here that's uh, sealed for 110 I see one that's open for $32 for Mega Man Legends. Um, so this, I guess the price varies depending on quality of seller and stuff now. Or maybe it's fallen a little bit because recently it just came out on the PSN. So... I, I don't know if we would consider those RPGs or not. I can't remember if they and have. And how much like... do physical copies of Suicoden 2 run now? Oh, hey, Tron Bond. Is, there's only one up, and it's for $259. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, buy the PSN version, which is what I did. Uh, Suicoden 2 right now. Uh, disc only, $52. Complete it with case and manual for $120. Does that sound like it's come down? Maybe a little. Maybe I think a little. it was going closer to 200 once upon a time. Yeah. So God bless I you know PlayStation Network and that works on the P uh the, the PSP or the Vita, either one of those games. Well no, so we could do so we could into the Vita only in a weird decision since the other Suicodins that they released the one well it was just number one <laughs> Suicodin <laughs> 1 was on the PSP through the PSN store then when 2 came out it came out just on the Vita which I was scratching my head I'd like to have both my Suicodins in the same place 3, 4, and 5 are on the PlayStation 2 you can only get those on disc that I'm aware of um, same so, with Tactics I think yeah Suicodin Tactics absolutely uh, so, and then there's we could in Tear Christ, which you can only get on DS. <laughs> so that is never going to be on PSN, I think. No, nope, no, I think you're safe there. So yeah, a lot of really cool retro gaming uh, on the PSP and the Vita, 
Uh, it's just those are just awesome, awesome machines. Uh, if you're a retro game, all right, all right. And what's our? Do we talk about our next show? Next show? Yeah, we talk about next yeah. show. Okay, all right. I think we've crossed all of our T's and dotted all of our eyes. So we'll just remind everybody that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best RPG gaming community on the net. Find out everything you want to know at RPGamer.com. Listen to our other podcasts, including the RPG Cast, the Active Topical Banter, the Q&A Quest, and a partridge in a pear tree over at RPGamer.com. We might even get this up in time for people to get the Christmas music reference. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I got so much to do before I start my vacation on Saturday afternoon from work. Uh, Mr. Mike, put us to I'm bed. I'm supposed to put us to bed, huh? Put us to bed. Well, if we were doing that in the Elder Scrolls, then it would involve the uh, the bed probably having fallen into an earthquake chasm and being surrounded by evil cultists. So be thankful that you don't have to do this in an Elder Scrolls game. You do.